Oral Histories of the National Railway Museum. John Evans is a former South Australian Railways employee, an author and owner of one of the largest collections of train orders in the world. Speaking here with Peter Hackworth in 2017, John talks about his interest in railway history and the line from nowhere to nowhere, the Sedan Line. Where does the interest in railway history, when does that start? Probably more recently than I almost care to acknowledge in some ways, Peter. What I found was going through this sort of information... And this is your orders? Going yeah, yes, the the orders. Trailer, yes. There's so much information in these documents. Almost every one of them has its own story to tell. And what I found I was starting to do was actually research and record the story of these documents what set them apart and not every order is exactly the same of course some do have a whole more, more interest than others but in aggregate if you put them all together there is an amazing story to be told through the prism of train orders i mean if i hadn't been out collecting this stuff there'd be an enormous gap in railway records in this state and i've dedicated over you know nearly 50 years to grafting and accumulating and all that sort of stuff and so I'm now at that point where I'm increasingly researching these, writing their, writing their story. Well, what are the sort of stories that you're learning from them? If you've got enough of these, you can construct a timetable in, in some respects. It might be the person who has written the order out. It might be a handwriting style that ranges from very good to very bad. So is that an area that you've focused on, is looking at the people behind the orders? Very much so. Yeah. There's stuff in here. I, mean, I can tell you who the station master was at Pasquale in 1964, you know, Gordon Warnest. What I do with this collection, putting together a, a means of identifying and finding certain train orders, because I'm starting to think of the legacy of all this material. Mm. I'm in the hunt for a mentor at the moment, or someone whom I can mentor mm. with this sort of material. Because this stuff tells its own story too. Yeah, right. Well, you've written a book on the Hawker line and Sedan? Yes, done an article on the Sedan line, yes. yes. Yeah, there's some of books, some of, you've actually written a book on Hawk, haven't you? Yes, I have. And articles on, on others, and, and this is the basis of your research. Yes. But yes. you're able to turn that in those books into a vibrant history story. I mean, you've told me a lot about the Sedan line, which fascinates me, the yes. line from nowhere to nowhere. Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's all come from this material. Yep. What people come to mind is the sort of standouts from your research. Looking at the collection as a whole, there's a whole lot of different approaches I can use to penetrate and dig and delve into it. One is tracing people's careers, and it might be somebody like chap by the name of Harold Burnett, who started as a station master at Yelana over on the west coast, went to uh, Alawuna out in the Murray Mallee, went to Pascoville, went to Borough and retired there, stopped at that point. So I can go to different lines, divisions, whatever, and assemble for you five or six train orders written out by Harold Burnett from 1956 to 1982. Right. And Look at his handwriting, how it's changed over time. It gives you a snapshot as to where he's actually worked and how his career as a station master materialised. So if somebody wants to write the history of that person, that's actually going to be a really useful yes. resource. But is that something that you're interested in, is finding out more behind those people it's, beyond It's that? finding out what happened to a lot of these people. And I'm looking here, for example, at Alan Prowse, who was at Carrington in 1965. I can remember him very well. 
He never qualified as a station master. He was appointed as an unqualified person. Unheard of. I love sussing those sort of things out yeah. and sharing them with people. Is your interest restricted to South Australia? Yeah, my focus has really always been on South Australia and Commonwealth Railways. And you earlier mentioned that you weren't on that last train to Hawker. Yes. <laughs> Why was that? I was with my girlfriend who subsequently broke off the engagement and um, from my perspective left me in the lurch in, in Alice Springs. We were talking about the importance and the significance of these rail orders. Can we perhaps talk about the sedan line as an example of how you've used the orders? If you did a straw poll up Brundle Mall tomorrow, you'd be amazed at how few people have ever heard of sedan, let alone where is it located in the South Australian landscape. You better tell us where it was. Okay, all right. we're on the eastern slopes of the Mount Lofty Ranges and you've got a, an area which drains east into the River Murray between sort of Manham and Blanchetown. The Sedan branch line is one of these extraordinarily political exercises in that the politician of the day insisted on the line passing through his electorate. Where was it going oh, okay. from? Okay, yeah, so it branched off the main south line at a place called Monato South, which is between Callington and Murray Bridge. Main South Line, is that the line to Mount Gambia? The line to Melbourne. Okay. It's the interstate trunk route yep. today. And so the sedan branched on, branches off at Monato South and heads roughly in a northerly direction. The line itself is renowned for its beautiful bridges. No two of which are the same design. Now we're talking about 1915, 1916, and the craze at this time is to is ferro-concrete to strengthen the whole thing. So you've got at Salt Creek, you've got a certain style of concrete bridge. A little further to the north, coming to a place called Appamurra, you've got another very graceful, lovely arched bridge. And then north of Appamurra, you've got uh, steel girders. As I said, no two bridges being the same. And where was this line to finish? At one point, all that had been authorised was a line starting at Sedan and coming south. Oh, okay. The plan was originally to actually make an extension of the Mount Pleasant railway line to Sedan. But the authorities of the day insisted that if they were going to build a branch line, that had to come down and connect somewhere with the main south line. But initially, as I said, you've got a railway line of about five or six miles in length being built from no particular point and another particular point. So they basically had to complete the whole railway line by adding on a bit at one end and connecting the other end with Bonato South. The line opens in 1919. It never carries much freight at all. At one point, the train service is down to one train a fortnight. So you don't need a timetable, but you need a calendar to work out yeah. when the train's running. Built with no ballast, very light rail, about 60 pounds to the yard, and really lived up to its name as the line from nowhere to nowhere. It had a bit of firewood traffic off the branch at, at one stage. The odd special train conveying passengers down from the Sedan district, shall we say, down to Largs, you know, for a, a day at the beach. So the line's always had a marginal existence. It was standardised as far as Appamurra, which is a halfway point on the branch line, a few years ago now, but it doesn't see any trains anymore. The Sedan branch had train orders very late in the piece. They actually had a system of safe working called permissive block, which is only for lightly used lines, whereby you had to sign a book at the departing railway station. You had to check to see that 
there was no preceding train in front of you in the section ahead. And if trains had to meet at some point, uh, then uh, it was an arrangement that was arrived at between two station masters on the, oh, okay. on the line, so that they'd actually talk to one another and say, I recommend train such and such cross train number such and such at TEPCO, do you agree? Back a couple of messages down the wire, yes, you know. Was this done by Morse code? Yes, it was up until comparatively recently, yeah. Hmm. But and how many stations were there on that line? Well, apart from Monato South, you had Palomana, Tepco, Molandella, Cambrai, Sedan. So there's about sort of seven. Yeah. On yeah. There. And I mean, actually, Cambrai has a lovely bridge just be it does, before it. I, I know. That's still Girders again. And were all those stations staffed? No, no. Appamurra and Sedan both had a station master. And Sedan, wait for this, Sedan had what they called a charge man cleaner. And this person was responsible for basically when the steam train arrived from down south, this person, the charge cleaner, would take over and look after the locomotive while it was uh, in Sedan so that he'd get rid of all the ash out of the ash pan, he'd coal the locomotive, he'd water the locomotive and so forth. And they had this enormous stockpile of coal there and they used what they call a whip, which was a long pole pivoted in the middle. Oh, yeah. Because coal traditionally was a basket, like a wicker basket. Is that right? Yeah. And so the engine would arrive after a long day's travel from Mile End up to Monaco South and so forth. And the driver would say, I want 35 baskets of coal loaded onto this tender for departure at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. So this charge cleaner fellow, that's what he'd be doing. An appointment made it to this position back in the 1930s. And a successful applicant came from Victor Harbour of all places to Sudan. I mean, I'm thinking, why the hell would you forego Victor Harbour? Great place. And you're going to go to Sudan? Oh, man. (laughs) And how did you get involved with the National Railway Museum? It probably goes back to 1988 when the relocation took place from Mile End down here. I've always been a friend of the heritage rail and tram sector. I don't take sides. I'm a financial member of all of them. So I've always tried to be a good friend. The constitution of this organisation here allows for government to provide two representatives. So I was one of those two for for a number of years. And do you have a particular vision for where this museum and other transport museums go in South Australia? Over the next five years, it's going to be a very, very critical time for all groups. We have no intrastate rail passenger services left in South Australia. All the services are Darwin, Sydney, Perth, Melbourne. That's it. We have no network of rail anymore. I can't go out and hire a carriage and go off on a goods train somewhere. I can't get in the cab of a locomotive anymore, you know. There's no guard at the back of the train. And so all the things that we enjoyed and appreciated back 40, 50 years ago... That built your interest and love and lots of people's love for the railways. That's not replicated anymore. I've got to go to Quorn, I've got to go to Mount Barker, Strathalbyn, Gulwa. And even there, to indulge is about all one can do these days. Ah, So the community is very isolated from that mode of of transport, aren't they? There's not a single station master anywhere in South Australia anymore, not not one. But it does then create a big challenge for museums to maintain that that excitement. We've got a growing market out there. Never travelled on a train. I'd like them to travel on a train. If they do, it'll be 
the GAN, the Overland or the IP. Apart from finding someone that you can mentor to carry on your research work and ensure this incredible collection mm. survives and doesn't disappear into dust, are there any other sort of ambitions in terms of your involvement with railways and railway history? My days of writing full-length books as such are probably over. I'm sort of limiting myself at the moment to articles rather than books. I'm doing research on things that have been in the too hard basket for too long. For example, MacArthur's special train that brought him and his wife and his son down from Alice Springs to Melbourne in 1942 and gradually pieced the story together. I'm sort of conscious that there's a lot up here that I'm carrying. It's very hard to work out where to start, isn't it, too? In a, in it, it is, but I find that you just got to start. Mm. Just make a start. I think that's probably a good point for us to finish on sure. and to say thank you, John, because that was just really very, very interesting. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for listening to this oral history podcast from the National Railway Museum.